Hi everyone, Jacqueline Foster here. Welcome back to the Paralegal Mastery Lounge podcast. I am super excited for you to listen to today's episode. My conversation with the wonderful Leah Miller, who went from paralegal to chief financial officer to business owner as a fractional CFO and bookkeeping services, specializing in law firms. Leah brings so much value to this podcast, both on the career development, entrepreneur side, all the way into how she merged into entrepreneurship. So I was very excited to be speaking with her, and I know you will enjoy today's episode. Now, I want to remind you before we get into the episode, the private Paralegal Mastery Lounge membership is going to be closing at the end of this month, at the end of August. Enrollment is going to be closed down at the end of August. So if you've been considering joining, make sure you do so this month. We are focusing on elevating paralegals into their six-figure financial realities both as entrepreneurs or if you want to achieve that six figures by climbing the ladder of your career. So make sure you join us. I would love to have you there. I'll link up in the show notes how you can join. Also in the show notes will be how you can connect with Leah, how you can connect with me. And as always, if you'd enjoy today's episode, please, please consider leaving us a rating. We very much appreciate the feedback and your assistance in helping this podcast grow and stay alive. So thank you so, so much. And let us know if you have any questions from today's episode. Yes. So you have to forgive me. I'm also a little bit sick. A lot of it's sick. There's (laughs) nasty chest cold going on and it sucks. (laughs) So (laughs) Just a forewarning if you hear me hacking or something. (laughs) That's okay. All right. Well, Leah, thank you so much for um, being willing to share your story with the Paralegal Mastery Lounge. It's wonderful to have you on the podcast. And to start, I just, I want to get a good, clear overview of your journey as a paralegal, you know, from starting in firm to what you've built today as an entrepreneur. Um, So why don't you go ahead and just kind of share your journey a little bit? Okay. So, um, when I first went away to college, I thought I wanted to be in the medical field, but it was, you know, I was 17 when I went away to college. So I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and a couple of years later I was just doing, you know, taking whatever classes and a family friend of ours, um, was working in a law firm and she was like, Hey, we need, you know, a legal assistant. Do you need a job? And I was like, yeah, I need a job. And so that was my first, intro into working in a law office. And um, we did PIP defense. I had no idea what anything was. Um, the first day I heard the word interrogatory and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> Tried to spell it for the first time. I can remember that. Um, <laughs> yes. I sent a letter to a judge and didn't like call him honorable and got like torn apart by a JA, like, you know, just got thrown into it but I loved it. And I was like, this is what I want to do. So I switched my major at the local college, um, to the paralegal program is a really good paralegal program at the college real close to where I live. And so that's what I did. I worked at that office for about a year and then through different reasons I left. Um, and so I didn't work in a law firm for about a year and I wanted to get back into the law firm because I was working on my degree. And so I, you know, went on back then we used to go on Craigslist and apply for jobs and things like that. And nothing was really coming, you know, up. So I pulled out my dad's fax machine 
and I wrote a like cover letter and resume and I went on the Florida Bar website and I wrote down like fax numbers to every attorney in town. And I just started, I must have faxed probably 50 of these cover letters and resumes. Um, and I didn't know if they were hiring or not. I just wanted to get back in the law firm. Um, so I got a couple calls and I got hired um, at a family law practice. It was just a solo guy. Um, he was super nice, but super old fashioned. And I knew I didn't want to stay there forever, but it was like good experience. Like I had to go on his Yahoo account and print out his emails every morning and he would write his replies and I go type it in. It was, you know, fun. Um, and so then I threw all of those emails I had or faxes I had sent, um, about two months later, I got a call from a fairly large bankruptcy firm in town and they interviewed me and created a position for me and hired me. Um, and so that's, I got into bankruptcy, which was super interesting. This was in 2010. So it was right when, you know, everything was going crazy. We were filing so many bankruptcy cases every week. Um, it was a really, really, really busy time and a really crazy time to learn bankruptcy, but it really, it was kind of a really great thing for me at 24 to learn and see and like financially, like for the future and see what not to do in the future in certain aspects. Um, so that was fun. And at, th at that point I was finishing up my degree and I remember talking to one of my professors and I was like, I don't know that I want to do bankruptcy forever. I think I want to do personal injury, but I'm not sure. I said, how long is too long to stay in one area, you know, one practice area? And she said, you know, two, three years, like you're going to get to a point where that's all you're really going to be able to do. It's going to be harder to change practice areas if you stay in one area too long. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I started looking for other jobs um, because I just, I knew I didn't want to do in bankruptcy forever. And eventually it wasn't going to be as busy as it was because, you know, things kind of started getting better. Um, so I got actually was interviewed and hired at a social security disability firm and put in my two weeks at the bankruptcy firm. And it was for the same amount of money. It wasn't any more money or anything like that, but it was just like my, the social security firm did some personal injury. So I was like, let me just get out of here and see what we can do. And then a girl I knew from school contacted me and she said, Hey, are you looking for a job? And I was like, I mean, I might be, what's it for? <laughs> and it was for a big, not a big personal injury firm, but a well-known personal injury firm that had been around for a very long time. And so I was like, let me go for this interview. And I was within my two weeks notice time at this point. So I went in for an interview and they offered me a job. And I actually think it was like 50 cents less an hour or something, but it was personal injury. And so I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, and so my husband's like, no, go to the other one. Like they created a position for you. It's more, you know, like that's better. And I was like, no, like I want personal injury and it's really hard to get into personal injury. Um, and I was like, I just need to do this. I just know that this is what I need to do. So I called the social security firm, told that office manager that I wasn't taking the position. She was not very happy with me. Um, and I started my job at the personal injury firm and they hired me to do discovery. Um, and so at that point is when I got my Florida registered paralegal. And so this was in 2012. Okay. Um, and so I was the litigation paralegal, did discovery, scheduling, things like that. 
Um, and my goal eventually was to become like an office manager. And I figured like, you know, when I was in my forties or something, I'd be an office manager. Yeah. Um, and I'm a very like go-getter person. I, I, you know, if, if I see something that needs to be done, I do it. And that's always kind of been how I've done things. And so, um, I, you know, always talked to our office manager at the time and I was kind of just learned things. And after a year and a half, she, some things happened and she left very unexpectedly. And I said to my boss, who's older and I will like love him forever for this. Um, I looked at him and I was like, I can do this. I can manage the office. And he's like, okay, if you think you can. And so our accountant came in and gave me a crash course on payroll and QuickBooks. (laughs) (laughs) And I was still the lead litigation paralegal. So I did all of that. And so my position kind of grew over time. Um, And so that was in 2015 that I became the um, firm administrator. And so through until just recently in 2023, I was the firm administrator CFO and then the lead litigation paralegal. And so I oversaw all of the legal assistants and paralegals, um, but my main focus was still litigation. Um, I didn't do a lot of, like I didn't do discovery or any of that anymore, but I did like when we went to trial, I did trial prep. Um, I was the one that went to trial with the attorney and things like that. And so I kind of just oversaw everything. Um, And so just this last year, I got more into the financial side of things and started a side business doing fractional CFO and uh, bookkeeping. And I was going to do that as a side business for a while. And we, um, I'm in Florida and we got hit by the hurricane back in September and our office building had to move. And so I had about an hour commute each way. And so back in May, I turned in my notice and went full-time working for myself. And I specialize in law firms. And so most of my clients are law firms because that's what I know. And so I do, you know, just the financial side and help out, you know, law firm owners with that. And I still do some consulting when it comes to HR and um, operations stuff with law firms um, with some of my clients, just because I have that background. So so you're also doing consulting on HR with yeah okay. with some of my with some of my clients. Um, it's not something I like advertise and all of that, but some of them will ask me my opinion, you know, when they're hiring and things like that. Because I've I I did all of that. I did all the hiring of all of the legal assistants and paralegals at my old firm, and so um and all of that. So that's, that's kind of my winding journey of you know I would not have expected that. 10 years ago when, or 12 years ago, but, um, just kind of went with it and, you know, it did what I, what happened. No, that's really interesting. And I think it's so cool because I try to meet people where they're at on this podcast and in my private membership of the paralegal mastery lounge, where, you know, some people are coming in entry level. Some people are coming in senior level and wanting to branch into, entrepreneurship and owning their own businesses. And then some people are like, I want to stay an employee. I have no interest in owning my own business, but I want to advance into a law firm beyond just your traditional paralegal that a lot of firms just like shove, do all the things. And this is where you're going to be stuck in the firm. And I think it's hard, (coughs) excuse me. I think it's hard for people 
at the entry level to see a path like you went through ahead of them because it's like, how is that going to ever happen? You know, how am I going to go from, I can't get my foot in the door. So backing up, I think it's really cool that you sent like 50 plus faxes because <laughs> I was just chatting with an entry level person the other day and she's trying to get her foot in the door. And I'm like, that's exactly how I got my foot in the door. I just, I, there was, I didn't even check to see it. Maybe I checked to see if people are hiring but there really, I was in a small community and there really wasn't much. And I knew I had no experience at all. Like at the time I had no experience in legal. I was just kind of taking some courses in a paralegal program. And I just sent out blast emails and was like, not sure if you could use some support. I'm looking for real firm experience, um, can do whatever you need me to do. This is my background, sort of, these are my skill sets. And that's how I got my first job, which led to like, another internship with the public defender's office, which then led to like a full-time paralegal role at the first firm I was in. And now I, you know, I mean, like that kind of happened again to me when I went and moved to a new area. And so even with eight years of experience, I had a hard time getting that first job or that job in the, in the location that I kind of pushed myself into entrepreneurship that way. But so talk to me a little bit about how you because I think it's really unique that you went paralegal to now your, your CFO bookkeeper for law firms. Is that like, talk mm -hmm. about your whole business. Like what is your so, business structure like? So small to mid-sized law firms can't always afford a full-time CFO and a CFO, just so if people don't know, um, an accountant CPA kind of looks at the financials in the past and they, you know, categorize things and get you ready for taxes. Um, and that's what I do on the bookkeeping side of it, because you need to have all of those numbers to be able to look at the future. Yep. And so a CFO really looks at the future um, and does projections. So you start with a budget and you do cash projections, um, forecasts, you set goals. Um, and, and that's kind of where some of the extra consulting comes in is I'll sit down with my clients and we'll set what's called KPIs, which are key performance indicators. And, you know, how, how are our paralegals performing? Um, you know, we're going to set certain goals for them and see how they're performing to make sure that we're serving our clients the right way. We're spending our money in the right way. Our paralegals are, you know, working the way that they need to, or maybe we need to make a shift um, in how we're handling cases. I know at my firm, we did that a lot where the workflow just wasn't working the way that it needed to. Yep. And so we had to change up the way that we did things, um, to make it work better for everybody. And that makes, you know, the paralegals happier and things like that. Right. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm doing with this fractional CFO is so when there's firms that just aren't to the point of hiring a CFO full-time because it's a, you know, a big cost, um, they can hire me on a fractional basis. And so what it, you know, it's a flat fee monthly. And so then I look at their data and then we talk about it and have phone calls and then, you know, kind of consult on that and then they can make their decisions. And so if they're wanting to hire a new attorney or hire more paralegals, then we can look at their forecasts and things like that and see if they can do that. And a lot of, you know, we want good paralegals and we want to pay them well so that we can keep our good paralegals. Mm -hmm. And so looking at your financials and knowing that we can afford to pay these good paralegals what they're worth 
then they're able to do that and, you know, make their, keep their staff happy and stuff like that. So that's kind of what I'm doing with that. And I think it's really cool that you're specializing in that with your paralegal background. And that's what, you know, for all the listeners here is like any, you can, there are so many different avenues you can go down in the legal field. Having the background as a paralegal gives you that competitive edge. You know, myself with the staffing firm and the recruiting, being a paralegal in the past and having everybody on my team recruit from that paralegal standpoint of saying, we know what it's like to be in a firm. We know what kind of support these attorneys need. We understand the documents they'll be drafting. So you're able to advise and navigate um, your service to the client in a lot more direct, in a direct manner, like you were just saying, you know, forecasting KPIs for paralegals. And even if a CFO is really great at their job, if they don't even know what a paralegal does on a day-to-day basis, they're not going to provide that same value as somebody like yourself with that background. So I just think of, you know, paralegals that the resumes that we see come through that have such a eclectic background, you know, paralegals where they kind of landed, but somewhere in the, you know, like you said, in the medical field first, um, you know, some people, some of my paralegals were, you know, they were CNAs or RNs or LPNs or what have you, the educational background or just in general management. And then they moved into a paralegal space or vice versa that you can create kind of a dynamic business around those two things and having that unique industry knowledge, uh, which it sounds like you really do. So you're able to talk to an attorney on that level mm-hmm. of understanding, you know, you were in the thick of it within these firms. So helping them develop the KPIs and how they're performing. So do you just help? I mean, you said like KPIs and forecasting, um, budgets, things of that nature, hiring needs, or are you at all getting into the systems with the attorneys and helping them increase efficiencies? Are you just focusing on the financials around it? I'm trying to just focus on the financials. Um, I do have one client that I'm closer with. And so I get more into that. And like, I'm going to ClioCon in October. Okay. And so I, cause we used Clio and stuff like that. And so okay. I, I would love to get more into that because again, that's what I did. Like I was the main, you know, like I implemented Clio in the firm um, actually right before COVID hit, I like took everything cloud-based and like implemented all that. And then, which was amazing because then we were able to, you know, be home. Um, And so I do want to get more into like the systems and stuff in the future, because I do know both sides of it. And that's a working with attorneys. They don't know the business side all the time because they're attorneys They're And they're really good at what they do and they want to just be attorneys. And so they were never taught the business side unless they're business attorneys. And so I feel like, like you were saying, I have this unique ability where I know the business side. Um, I have an MBA. I didn't know oh, okay. that before, but I have an MBA. <laughs> so I know the business side, but I also know the legal side as well, because I was very much involved with the legal part of it. Um, and so I'm kind of able to like mesh those two together because I feel like the legal, you know, a law office is kind of unique especially from a financial standpoint, um, because, you know, I was in a personal injury law firm. And so we take in a case today, we're not going to see money on that for 12 to 18 months, you know, other areas of law, there's, you know, I was talking to an estate attorney, it was three to four months. Sometimes you're seeing, you know, 
uh, return on your investment. And so it's not like, you know, I have a landscaping client where they can be like, we need some money today. So we're going to go out and make some money and we can like drive revenue today. You've got you like, there's a process to it. And I feel like that's how it is. And you, so you really have to plan for those financials. Um, and attorneys just don't always know that because they're not business-minded. And so that's kind of where I can like come in and do all of it. No, absolutely. So. Yeah, no. And I mean, the seasonality is around it too. And, uh, you know, it's, I even think, you know, like, and this is a bad example, but I'm just using is like my husband's business, for instance, they're in logging and, you know, their payments are all really delayed from the mills, you know? So it's like, you might think that summer is your busiest and greatest month, but really that's just income coming from mm-hmm. the spring, right? So yes. then having attorneys realize that and recognize that and plan for the slow seasons and plan for the, you know, okay, we're getting an influx, huge influx of clients right now, which is going to make my overhead increase on, you know, staff members or is now the right time to hire? Or are we going to slow down in six months? And I had a worked with a business consultant at the beginning of this year to help me navigate some of that. I do not have an MBA. I've been like learning by trial and fire <laughs> um, for my three years of business. So, you know, it was really interesting, the spreadsheet he created for me to just sort of look at my seasonality is year over year and looking at like actual, you know, client sign versus when the income actually comes through or vice versa, you know? And so that, that is so good that you're able to mesh those two together and understanding different practice areas and how things get delayed. Um, and no, you did not mention you have an MBA. That makes sense. I was just going <laughs> yes. super refined skill. I should have mentioned that. <laughs> But, and I also think it's important and I feel like there's an old school mentality of where like, you don't talk to your employees about money. Like it's hush hush. And I think there is a fine line you can walk where you, as a paralegal, like your paralegal should have some kind of understanding of how those seasonalities and stuff work so that they take pride and ownership in moving those cases along and getting that, you know, money coming in. Mm -hmm. And that's where incentives and company culture and things like that come in because, you know, then that's going to kind of speed things up and that's going to help your clients. That's going to help your employees. And so I feel like law firm owners, lawyers, can be a little bit more transparent with their legal assistants and paralegals in that way so that they can let them take some more ownership to it and let them feel pride in that. And that'll help everybody in the long run. And, you know, like I said, I will love my boss forever, my old boss forever. And he was very, very generous in sharing in, you know, the good when we were doing really well. And so I feel like that knowing your finances and your numbers and things like that, that gives you the freedom and to do that and share with your staff. And then that's just going to, that's going to come back on you tenfold and that's going to help the business owner in the end. Oh, absolutely. Not to go down a rabbit hole, but I've, I think it was my good colleague, Nicole, that told me this, Nicole Grinnell of Boston Solutions. And, you know, the more you can allow your employees to feel like, if we do well, if this business does well, you will also receive those benefits beyond like salary hourly. 
Um, it makes them step into more ownership of the business's success and finding areas that they can improve. And this is where we talk a lot about entrepreneurship within the Paralegal Mastery Lounge of like, you have the ability to improve the efficiencies, the um, workflows, the how the business operates and improve your actual law firm around you, is busy, around yourself, that business, and not look at it from a, well, my employer doesn't care. My employer is just going to say, whatever, you know, I, it's, I'm not investing myself into somebody else's success. And it's like, it's sad to see employees feel that way because if they did invest themselves into the success, why shouldn't they reap those benefits? You know, obviously the business owner has to keep the business alive and has to be mindful of the finances. Right. (laughs) Um, So no, that's a great, great point of like how you can, when you're more connected to your finances and looking around the, the staff within it and how they're contributing and how they can improve things um, and sharing that with the, what the budget allows for. What kind of KPIs do you see attorneys setting uh, with their paralegals or what are you helping them set? Um, some of those are just, you know, how, what they're producing, you know, like in, you know, if you're writing demands in a personal injury kind of setting, like yeah. how much, how many of those are you getting out? Um things like that. Like it's more from a production standpoint. Um, I know some firms rely on paralegals to, or case managers to actually like have settlement, you know, they're responsible for a certain amount of settlements. Um, We were, I was at a small firm. So like we didn't do any of the settling, like our attorneys did all of it, but I know other firms do things differently in different States do things differently. So you know, some of that is you're responsible for a certain amount of settlements, um, billable hours, if you're at a firm that has billable hours. So obviously that's a big one. Um, you know, a lot of firms like estate planning firms and family law firms are going to flat fee. I've been finding that's a new thing, which is kind of, I like that because I've only did billable hours for a very short amount of time and it was not fun at all. <laughs> I always swear I would never do it again, <laughs> keeping track of billable hours. Um, so, you know, just more of like a product productivity kind of thing. And, um, I'm actually doing a retreat next week with one of my clients, um, and, and like her staff, and we're going to set some goals, but that's another place where you can help your staff or they can help their staff take ownership is if the paralegal sets their own goals, then, you know, they're, instead of the owner dictating, all of the KPIs. I mean, obviously they're going to say you have to get a certain amount of billable hours. We need a certain amount of demands out, things like that. But like letting the paralegals, because paralegals are smart. They know what they're doing. They um, can do a whole lot more than lawyers a lot of the times. So they're able to set those goals. And like you said, if you keep them motivated or if they're keeping themselves motivated um, and kind of backing up on that, what you were saying about you coaching your paralegals to um, take ownership and do all of that. I will say that um, I have firsthand experience of even if your current boss is not paying attention to that, I will tell you that the legal community knows and the people that you're emailing with on the other side know and other attorneys in the community know and that will lead you to other opportunities down the road because absolutely they have seen it. I have seen it happen. One of my paralegals I hired, um, she is now sought after and has landed in an amazing firm and doing great things. And I like, am so proud of her, but, and that's what she did. Like she innovated and created around her 
and got to the point where like people knew her and she didn't even have a paralegal degree or anything like that. And she, you know, went out and did her thing. And so I like, that's super important. And I feel like letting your employees set those goals and take ownership of that, that, you know, encourages that, um, ownership. Absolutely. So I want to take a turn a little bit into the entrepreneur side of it. How, what steps did you take to start your business, get your first client (laughs) uh, and start, you know, it sounds like you have some great clients and you're going on retreats for it with them. (laughs) Awesome. So what steps did you take personally? Um, It kind of, it started as like a, cause my, my uncle's a CPA and my mom does bookkeeping for him. And so eventually he's going to retire. And I was like, well, maybe I'll start a bookkeeping firm down the, down the road. And then my mom can work for me when she's not working for him anymore. And, you know, like a side thing, it won't be my real job. And so I have a really good friend that has a landscaping company and she needed help with her books. And so I kind of got into that because I did all our books at the firm. So I did our trust account and all that. And I feel like if you can do a trust account for 10 years, then you can do anything. Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I got into all of that end of last year, earlier this year. And so I just, I started taking more QuickBooks classes because I had always used QuickBooks desktop. So I wanted to learn more QuickBooks online. And I've always been a person that just wants to learn everything. So I literally, like, if I get, like, when I got pregnant the first time, I literally read everything I could on the internet about it. Like, (laughs) anytime I start, like, a new topic, I just read everything. Um, And so I did that, and I was like, okay, this, like, this kind of cool. Like, I really like this. And I started seeing the fractional CFO stuff, and I'm like, okay, like, this, this is kind of cool. And so my original plan was to like, maybe go part-time by the end of this year at my job. And then like, you know, all of that. And um, so she was my first client. And so I just went on, I think in February and registered my LLC. I was like, what should my name of my business be? And it was not creative. Okay. And I just started reading everything and figuring all that out. And then my one client that I'm doing the retreat with and all of that, she's an estate attorney in town um, and I love her and she's doing estate stuff for me for my grandfather and I know her from my job. And so she had kind of mentioned that she needed help with QuickBooks and I was like, well, I'm working on my QuickBooks Pro Advisor and so I'll let you know when that's done. And so when I got that, I let her know and she's like, okay, great. And so I started doing it for her. And so those were just my two and I was just going to do that. And then I was in all these Facebook groups and got another attorney in like Missouri and I'm in Florida. And then she referred me to her friend and like, it's just kind of trickled to the point where I was like doing really like good part-time stuff by May. And my friend with the landscaping company wanted me to come on um, at more of a full-time basis with her, but like as a contractor to do more business consulting And like I said, the drive to the office had become an hour long um, after the hurricane. So that's kind of what got me to where I was able to just put in my notice and take the jump. Um, And I've grown to several more clients now. And um, I've been, you know, doing all the networking things, which I never really thought I would do before because I... (laughs) I'm not good at that at all. Introverted. Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, but I've been going, you know, like our chamber, our local chamber of commerce, yeah. um, LinkedIn, because I have my LinkedIn from all the attorneys in town that I already knew. Yep. And so I already have like that, like I know people from that already as well. 
Um, so I'm trying to get out and like, you know, see more people and talk to attorneys that I knew before and stuff like that. So yeah, that's amazing. Kind of, Tapped yeah. into your own network and then yeah. Yeah. Found the power of referrals. And you know, if when you're doing a great job, they love to refer you. Um, attorneys yeah. are actually really surprisingly generous that way. I know they can be difficult in other areas of business working with them but I do know if they're happy with a service they are not shy to share it with attorneys and and see other attorneys succeed with you um so that's great what are your plans long term I mean what are your goals I should say like my my goals long term is I want to build the bookkeeping side and I do want to bring my mom on for that and I I want to take more of a hands-off approach to that and like I said that's like the foundation because if you don't have good like bookkeeping right um and I tell people because people think of bookkeeping yeah people think of bookkeeping for like taxes and your CPA does your taxes but there's so much more to it than just that like you need your CPA to file your taxes that's super important but there's ways to break down your bookkeeping so that you can do the financial stuff in the future Um, So I want to do, have my bookkeeping side and build up those clients. Um, I would prefer to mostly do law firms, but I've got some, like, I've got a chiropractor and the landscaping company and some other ones. Um, And then I want to build up my fractional CFO. And so that's what, like, I personally want to do. So I want to oversee the other side. I might get into some tax stuff. I've always kind of been a tax nerd. Like, Like, people would come ask me like about their tax refunds and why it was lower than last year. And so I would explain to them like how that works. And so I like the tax part of it. So I might get into like not business taxes, but like some basic personal tax kind of stuff. Um, So I definitely want a couple employees um, is the goal. And, um, and then focus on like the fractional CFO stuff for myself, for sure. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's like my sweet spot. And so, but I want to oversee the other people. Um, it's been nice taking a break from managing people. Yep. Because um, it was a lot, especially managing people through COVID and then through the hurricane because our office was completely flooded. And then we had to like work from home for a couple months. And so taking a break from managing people after all of that, it's been kind of nice. <laughs> Right. Um, but I definitely want to manage, like, I'm good. I want to manage people again in the future and have a, you know, small staff and, um, probably keep mostly everything virtual. Um, I like my having virtual clients. So, yeah, um, that's <laughs> the ones in town want to see me all the time. And I'm like, I just, I'd rather see you on zoom. <laughs> right. Why not? So. <laughs> that's why I, I'm, I'm, I kind of like that too. When I first started in the virtual space in 2018, it was interesting to say the least. And I would say that it took me about three years to get the hang of it where I don't get the isolation um, mm-hmm. issues. And I see a lot of people that had a, have come out of COVID and about, it was like 2020, 2021. By 2022, they're like, okay, I can't, the ones that can't do it, like I need to get back into the office. That would have been me, but I stuck it out one more year. You know, obviously I started my business at that point too. And now I'm so used to it. Like, I don't feel any disconnect from people <laughs> at all. Um, granted, I have my kids here and stuff too, and they'll go to school. And that probably actually make my days a lot easier, to be honest with you. Yes. And my dogs. Mine have been, I'm like, I'm so, it's been an amazing summer because, and I feel like that's kind of what COVID and then the hurricane showed me is that time 
with my kids and that time freedom with them. Um, and so I was feeling that pull after COVID and being home with them and then being home with them again back in September. And then when I went back in January and like I wasn't able to get to their activities after school and all of that, like I feel like that was what really, that's what really pulled me away. Yeah. Um, because five years ago, I would have told you you were crazy to even like suggest that this would be my life right now. Right. Um, so this summer has been amazing because they've all been in camps most of the time. Cause I paid for the camps before I was new, knew I was going to quit my job. Right. Um, but we've been able to do a lot more and I've been able to like this morning, my two older ones, I have a three-year-old, six-year-old and eight-year-old. Okay. The two older ones didn't feel like going to camp this morning. I didn't feel like dealing with getting them up and going and all of that. And so they stayed home and they're fine being home when I'm home working. And so I would say this summer I work like mostly part-time hours. Um, if I have to stay up late, I stay up late. And like, so that freedom has been amazing. And, you know, come fall and spring, I'll be working a lot more, especially when, you know, people are ready to do taxes and stuff. That's when they really want to know about their financials. So I think, I think but, once paralegals break that barrier or the limiting belief that there's no job security in the business space and the entrepreneur space, or I should rephrase that, that there's eat, that there isn't uh, the same level of security as an employee or a self-employed. Um, Cause to me, it, it's the same. You're, you're, you're either betting on somebody else succeeding in their business mm -hmm. or you're betting on yourself succeeding in business. So um, I feel that once more and more paralegals get on board with that concept, we're going to see a ton of entrepreneurs once they start realizing like, I can have freedom to set my own schedule and like, pick up my kids, drop them off at school, um, go on a vacation, and not have to put in a PTO request. Like what? <laughs> yeah, I, and I guess I didn't really realize that until after, like I started getting on LinkedIn and Instagram and all of that when I started my business. But seeing all of these like freelance paralegals and things like that is so, so cool. And I love that. And um, one, one of my paralegals that I worked with, like that's her goal one day. And, and I talked to, I go, I like to go to the college I graduated from and talk to the paralegal classes there um, with my old professor. And so, you know, I talked to the paralegals about that and we, I talked to them about like all the different options you can do. And and I mentioned that, like, you can be a freelance paralegal, you can do your own thing. And right. I think the attorneys are going to, and I think they've already had to start changing the way they think of things. And even the attorneys I worked for, like, they're so used to us being in the office and right there. And through the last couple of years, they've kind of had to adapt and change. And we're available by email if you need to email us. Like, you know, it's, it's not much different. We can get, I feel like we can get more done not being in the office right. than being in an office all day. And so it's definitely interesting to see the way things are changing for the paralegal profession. I love it. Like I'll always be a part of the paralegal profession because I just, I'm a big champion for people coming up as a paralegal and I love seeing paralegals succeed. Like I've, I've never been one to be afraid. Like when I was the office manager, I was never afraid of somebody taking my job. I would teach anybody anything they wanted to learn. I, all of my paralegals started as receptionists and yep. I raised them up. <laughs> and yep. if they were a receptionist and they needed something to do, I was like, here you go, here's what you can do. And I would teach them anything they wanted to know. And I had a couple that went on, like they're still paralegals and they decided that's what they wanted to do with their life. 
And so I'm a huge, huge proponent for that. Yes, absolutely. And I, I fully agree with that concept too, of never being, the more you can lead and, and raise people up, the more you're going to get risen yeah. up. Don't get me wrong. Everybody gets burned at some point in their life. <laughs> yeah. um, that's inevitable. <laughs> yes. It's the industry of people, which pretty much every industry is that um, to some degree, uh, but it, it always comes back around. I really agree with that uh, way of thinking and and that's exactly where I'm at too at the paralegal mastery lounge of just saying like, I want to see more paralegals reach full potentials and stop being stuck in the hole that I feel the paralegal profession has placed itself in of saying like, this is our lane and this is the mm -hmm. only lane we have. And it's funny, you're talking about the management side of your past, like managing other par paralegals. Like I just did a webinar in my paralegal mastery lounge. And I think I actually have a snippet of it on the podcast and I'm seeing legal, like law firm manager positions or paralegal manager positions at some firms in like the 150 K plus range. Like our profession is evolving. And I think more and more paralegals need to recognize that it is and embrace that instead mm -hmm. of thinking, you know, we're always just going to be stuck as a non-attorney or we're underneath an attorney or, you know, this is, and I'm not saying paralegal, you know, you stay as a paralegal, that's, that's totally an amazing career too. But I interviewed a six figure paralegal that runs the show of her firm. And to just get us out of that old way of thinking of we're legal assistants, we're paralegals, we do X, Y, Z, and then we go home at the end of the day and actually owning our career, finding specialties within it, like you have, and um, doing self-study though. And I think that's something that's been very consistent with everybody that has taken their careers in this space to the next level is they did a lot of self-study, self-initiative. You didn't wait for your employer to teach you and to, to develop you. You know, you, you're taking extra courses, you're learning QuickBooks, you're learning these things. Um, and and doing that is just bettering yourself. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's where we get stuck as paralegals in the space of just coming to work and doing our job and being, you know, feeling like we're comfortable here, but never going home and reading that book or going home and taking that webinar on a on a Friday evening or a Thursday evening. Um, so yeah, kudos yeah. to you. Congratulations. Thank you. No, and there's, yeah, there's definitely opportunities for paralegals out there. And there's no reason for a paralegal to be stuck like in a job that's not bringing them joy and fulfillment because it's out there and there's so many different things you can do as a paralegal. Um, if you just pursue it, like it's out there and you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you, Leah, so much for joining. Thank you. Me. And if, if anybody wants to connect with Leah, I'll throw her LinkedIn information in yeah. the um, show notes so they can reach out. And until next time, have a great week ahead of you. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to today's episode. Again, final reminder, please be aware that the Paralegal Mastery Lounge private membership is closing at the end of August. So if you are interested in joining, now is your time to do it. I know you will have so much fun in the Paralegal Mastery Lounge private membership. You receive 
wonderful content, workbooks, guidance to get you on your journey to six figures like myself, like Leah, like multiple other paralegals that will appear on this podcast have done. So please, please consider joining. Um, You also, in the Paralegal Mastery Lounge, I just added this feature, get unlimited access to me via Voxer. I respond on Mondays and Thursdays. You can send me voice messages, questions on the fly. It's like having me in your corner all week long. So go ahead into the show notes, join the Paralegal Mastery Lounge. Also make sure to connect with me on the socials and connect with the amazing Leah Miller on socials. Thanks so much. Till next time.